Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 571, March 3rd, 2021. 65 degrees was the high in this day in 1905. And it was 13 below on two occasions, 1873 and just two years ago, 2019. So obviously that tells us that we're all going to die or we're going to melt or freeze to death or something because because the earth is in a catastrophic situation. On this day in 1985, I just add this for my own amusement, there was more than a foot of snow that fell around these parts. Hmm. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop, here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. In the department of you can't make it up fast enough, uh, Alexandria Occasional Cortex, who, who uh, Jordy believes is an insult to bartenders everywhere, <laughs> I'll say. She's, she's not only critical of uh, Democrats for failing to support progressive demands for a $15 an hour minimum wage. She believes it should be $24 an hour. And I've been saying this for years. Why don't these hypocrites, why do they settle on 15? Why not 30? Why not 40? If, if, if If you have the mistaken belief that you're supposed to be able to lead a successful American life and raise a family... Uh, on the minimum wage, then why in the hell isn't the minimum wage fifty bucks an hour? This, this, why are you stopping at twenty? She wants twenty-four. Why twenty-four? Do, why not thirty? Does she get how business works? No. Okay. Okay. Because it uh, doesn't sound like it. And just another note about uh, our old pal Dr. Seuss. Uh, I note that uh, Kamala Harris tweeted about Dr. Seuss in twenty seventeen. She wished him a happy birthday. And on her uh, twit, tweeter, uh, Twitter, uh, she wrote, The more that you read, the more things you will know, the more that you learn, the more places you'll go. She, of course, was a California senator at the time, and she was doing what all good uh, leftists were doing, following the lead of President Obama, who also was celebrating the life of Dr. Seuss. And I only bring this up because uh, what are they going to do now? They, in other words... It'd be neat if they stuck to their guns. But probably what will happen is you'll never hear from any leftist who was a Dr. Seuss fan. They just won't say anything. No. Uh-uh. They'll, just, they'll just disappear. They'll go away. Uh, mm-hmm. But it would be interesting to, to ask Kamala, uh, what do you think now? Well, A, she'd duck it somehow. She wouldn't answer it. Uh, because, and the answer I would love to get would love to get is no i think he's cool i'm gonna stick to my guns you'll never get that one oh, are you kidding me of course you never get that one will you huh and what's what's amazing too is it's almost which way is the wind blowing this week right you know right, right. almost uh i'm almost just uh, like old bill deal used to say i'm almost cleaning off my spindle we're gonna rip and tear through this or remember i was talking about yacht rock <laughs> you were boy were you uh, Joe, so loving the podcast. Thanks again for the Indian Head Supper Club P, uh, PR. Had at least four people credit GL for their Valentine's dinner. 
Uh, I always enjoy when GL talks about music. Yesterday it was what's yacht rock. Enjoy the yacht rock piano. One hundred songs below. It comes out on April twenty third on Time Life. How about a new segment? called Name That Yacht Rock Song with Stephen C. Testing the gang with the attached song. Keep pushing back, hoping my instrumental music survives wokeness. Stephen C., official Garage Logic pianist. Well, he's got, a, he's got an album coming out, Yacht Rock. It'll we be would fantastic. Do that, uh, hmm. We would do that contest, but it simply wouldn't be any fun for the rest of you because I would win every single <laughs> one. Really? I am the champion of Yacht Rock. And I note, I note that uh, we learn about uh, one of Mayor Fry's uh, challengers this this coming autumn, Kate Knuth. Huh. Uh, she stepped out, and well, <laughs> take it easy, Joe. You got a slide into careful, it. Careful. You got a slide into it. <clears throat> Kate Knuth, who stepped down from her position as Minneapolis's chief resiliency officer. I didn't know that she was the chief resiliency officer. Got to have one, Joe. Come on. Uh, she stepped down after Jacob Fry became mayor. Well, she's announced now that she's running against Fry. Uh, in an interview Tuesday, Knuth, an environmental educator and a former three-term DFL legislator, said she decided to run because of what she calls Fry's lack of leadership and the absence of other candidates who can bring together a broad coalition to help move the city forward. In other words, she's just uh, reciting boilerplate talking points yep. from the far left. In addition to Knuth, Sheila Nezhad, an activist who favors defunding police, has also entered the race. So Minneapolis, you're in great shape so far. Right. I haven't seen the field of candidates I was hoping for, Knuth said. I just feel a real sense of responsibility to make sure our city can move through this critical moment and thrive on the other side. Knuth said factors that motivated her to run include the killing of George Floyd, the deadly pandemic, uh, the ongoing racial disparities and civil unrest in the city. She accused Fry of lacking focus and commitment to building trust with the community since Floyd's death. When asked whether, she, well, I, she offers us no clue how she would do that. When asked whether she supports defunding the police, Knuth said she wants to spend more city money on alternative responses, such as mental health support and youth development. I support the charter change that will let us build a public safety system that truly keeps every person in the city safe, she said. Well, you know what keeps you safe? Not committing crimes. Yep, sure does, Joe. Yeah, that works all the time. Mm -hmm. Works all the time. We're seeing calls for the defunding of police because there's been decades of police violence and significant trauma, uh, particularly in black, brown, and immigrant and native communities. Canoe said she's got all the buzzwords, doesn't she? I think now is a moment where we really have a chance as a city to build a new and better public safety system and uh, that actually keeps everyone in the city safe. Uh, utter nonsense, lady. Utter bleeping nonsense. Uh, Fry's campaign manager Joe Radinovich said the mayor has dedicated, oh, who cares what he did. While the mayor has made a consistent case for comprehensive approach to public safety, his opponents are pushing for a policy change that opens the door to completely eliminating police in Minneapolis, Radinovich said. You know what Fry's position is going to end up being? He's going to be the only candidate for mayor who is going to end up defending the police. Well, that, and that'll probably be the only way he could possibly get reelected. He's going to be the only candidate for mayor 
who will say, I do not intend to get rid of a police force. Because you got this Nishad, whoever that is, activist, and you got now you got Knuth, uh, both of whom could be uh, uh, charged with uh, uh, favoring something other than a police force. And I predict Fry will end up being the guy favoring a police force. Everything you need to know about uh, Sheila Nazad is in uh, Monday's op-ed section of the Star Tribune. She wrote a piece saying Minneapolis doesn't need the National Guard. Oh, right, right, um, sure. And, and that's, it, that really shines a light on her uh, ex extreme ignorance. But don't you guys also feel, because, Joe, you've brought this up many times, that there are too many people that, A, that vote— in both Minneapolis and St. Paul that don't have any skin in the game. In other words, they're not a property owner. They don't have a business. They, right. they, right. they don't care. Uh, they have no vested interest in the long-term outlook of the city of Minneapolis, and that's very dangerous. Right. That's, that's true. It's just a shame to hear this gibberish from Knuth. And Knuth, that's all it is. It's just nonsense. In her short stint with the city, Knuth was responsible for responding to challenges facing Minneapolis, such as low graduation rates for black students. Well, did she experience no. any achievement? No. Okay. Not. The risk of spills from trains hauling hazardous materials. Did that's that happen gibberish. on did that that's happen gibberish. on her watch? No, that's nonsense. Uh, and severe weather stoked by climate change. Was Again. she out there driving a plow herself? Oh Plowy McPlowface? <laughs> She resigned as the chief resiliency officer in 2018 because she said she and Fry did not have the same vision for the city. I think vision should be foghorned, Chris. Oh, really? I'm adding, adding, that, to adding the, that to the I'm list. adding it to the lexicon. Oh, my goodness. I'm tired of these visions. They're hallucinogenic more often than not. Knuth was born in Minneapolis and lives in the Bryn Mawr neighborhood with her husband and daughter. Where's the Bryn Mawr neighborhood, Kenny? That's over in the uh, Tony section of town. Uh, very oh. Well, at least she's from here. <laughs> it's a good point, uh, Chris, but my God, what a disappointment. And she's the first of many that are just going to try to outleft each other. We have got to beg the Reverend to run. Oh, God. We have to. He, I mean, well, he probably doesn't stand a chance, but... <laughs> why wouldn't he stand a chance? I think he d would stand a chance. You do? I do. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I'm going to offer some advice. Old Grandpa in his rocking chair here. By the way, he, because of the addition to our YouTube channel, yeah. people are now obsessed with your rocking chair. Can you see me doing this? Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, we're a fact. We're a fact-based show. Bryn Mawr is uh, basically on both sides of 394. It looks like from Theoworth into downtown. I see. All right. <clears throat> Still very posh, though. You were correct about that. Well, it's not so posh on the uh, north. No, I wouldn't call it posh. I would call it hip. Okay. Yeah, hip. Here, let's, let's set out, however uh, amateurishly, a uh, political plan for Tim Christopher. And let's bring into Tim's camp... A young guy named Marcus Hunter II, okay. uh, who has an editorial piece in today's Star Tribune. GLers might recognize the name. We were uh, quite taken with a piece 
that young Marcus Hunter, I believe he was 17 when he wrote the first piece that appeared in the Star Tribune, and that was October 12th, just a few months ago. And we read that piece, and that piece was called Imagine You Are a Black Male Teen in North Minneapolis. And today's piece, in which he, in which he struggled with his heart and soul about finding himself not safe in his own neighborhood. Is that a fair assessment? Yes. Yep. And, yeah. uh, and, he, and he writes, you know, imagine watching your black brothers and sisters being dehumanized in unimaginable ways, slammed onto the street by police, covered in blood, pleading for mercy. This is your so-called protection law enforcement that you depend on for safety. Uh, I, I think he's overly melodramatic with that. Uh, that is not routinely happened. Unfortunately, what is routinely happening, and he does seem to acknowledge that, in today's piece, which is called I Live in a Cemetery, called North Minneapolis. It's a well-written piece. Uh, and he's writing about uh, how he sees in the trees of North Minneapolis essentially tombstones uh, of all of the uh, friends, neighbors, and family members, however distant family, have been killed. And I, I don't think he's hiding the fact that most generally speaking, of course, young black males are in danger of dying at the hands of young black males. No, not at all. No. Especially in North Minneapolis. So why couldn't a guy like Tim Christopher, who's a black guy, uh, who has contended, uh, as I have, that the DFL, which is a disaster in Minneapolis, they haven't accomplished a thing. They've been ruling the, the city for a half a century, if not more. And with each passing year, North Minneapolis becomes more fraught with danger. So here's the Reverend Tim and this young, young fellow who writes well, uh, uh, who is apparently doing well in school and is crying out for safety to return or to maybe not return, but to make itself present uh, for the first time in North Minneapolis, uh, he wrote in his first piece, I am a 17-year-old African-American man with ambition and a determination to be heard and to stand up for his black brothers and sisters collectively. This is our reality every day in the United States of America. And and I just see, I, I, I think you guys will have to help me, but I think what we were telling him rhetorically on the occasion of his first piece which is imagine you are a black male teen in North Minneapolis. We were we were chiding him, weren't we? We are saying, "Oh, Marcus, your neighborhood keeps electing the wrong people. These people haven't done you any favors. They've kept you down." And I, I think that's why Tim could rise above that, and because Tim, this is what Tim believes. He doesn't believe the DFL does the black community any favor. No, and the thing I like about the Reverend is he's not afraid to call out people on both sides of the aisle. Right. Yeah, I, I was just going to add to that. He's not afraid to call out uh, the conservative Republican side either. Uh, as for my my thoughts on his original piece um, from October twelfth, twenty twenty, Marcus Hunter, I was, yeah. I was mostly upset that Marcus was so uh, defeated and it could not see the future because reading the piece, he's obviously brilliant. He's a really good writer and he's getting really good grades in school. And it's obvious that this, this young man is going to go far if he doesn't get gunned down at random in his own neighborhood. Well, here's, just, here's the Tim 
Tim's campaign literature, written by Marcus Hunter II. As a black teenage male, I no longer feel safe in my community. Well, that cannot entirely be the fault of white people, and I think Marcus would acknowledge that. It's the fault of lousy, lousy leadership, to the point now, Marcus, where they don't even want a police department. So if you think you feel unsafe now, wait till these activists get their way. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. I don't uh, think the base, I don't think the left is going to vote for the reverend and his running mate, Marcus. I, I really don't. Well, it depends on which left you mean, because there's only one party in Minneapolis, left and further left. Both. All I, right. I don't Why think would they left. not? Why would they not? You know what? We need Tim to tell me why, but I, I just feel that uh, this might be a dangerous thing to say. I think they're more race among the ra the most racist. I think they're the, they're the leaders. I, I think they agree like with you more. I, I think they like keeping the uh, the the, Afri the black problem on the north side. I think they I think they like it just the way it is, and I think it shows when the reverend is trying to get an ear, get somebody to listen, including his very own councilman. And all they do is ignore him, and they don't give him the time of day. Here is Marcus today, writing today. As a black teenage male, I no longer feel safe in my community. After the killing of George Floyd and the reduction of the Minneapolis Police Department, there has been uncontrollable crime in this city. Bullets fly through the streets into cars and walls. There is constant gunfire day and night through heat and cold. I fear for our community when temperatures increase and summer rolls around. It seems there is no one to turn to for safety. It feels that my death is already written on the sidewalks, as if I have an hourglass above my head monitoring the time left before my life is taken it seems as if all hope is lost if i remain living here it may cost me my life i don't feel i can stay in north minneapolis over the summer i live in a cemetery with trees as tombstones for those who have fallen victim to gun violence family visits these trees Families, visit these trees as you would visit the grave of a loved one. Not only is that good writing, but it's a sentiment that seems to me to suggest that he gets it. You, are being, you have been absolutely poorly politically represented. Just poorly. And what Marcus means by trees as tombstones, uh, earlier in the piece, he makes reference to the fact that everywhere that there's been a shooting or a death, the balloons and the cards and the tributes and everything always go on a nearby tree. We see it all over. Uh, actually, we actually even see it out on the freeway where people have, have died. You see it everywhere. Crashes. You see it everywhere. Yeah. See so it everywhere. that's what that reference is. But back to <clears throat> whether the Reverend has a chance or not, if there was going to be a time, wouldn't you think it's now to finally buck that trend? Because yes. if, if your eyes haven't been opened to one-party rule in this state for decades, what, what more evidence Isn't do you it, need that a change Chris, is desperately needed? Chris, uh, the Reverend can get on the national news weekly and be completely ignored by the local news. Yeah, you're right. The, the TV stations and the newspapers. Compl he doesn't even exist if you look in the Star Tribune, but yet you'll see him on a Sunday morning on a random channel. I see more in Marcus Hunter than the Star Tribune does. Uh, by which I mean, it would be my suspicion that they eagerly print this young man 
because they imagine him to be the kind of victim that they love to signal their virtue about caring about. That's what we don't want. And I think we- I think he can be gotten to. I, I think Marcus Hunter uh, writes well enough to not to continue to not fall into this trap of presenting himself as a helpless victim in life. First of all, kid, you got your career figured out. You can write like hell, so keep doing that. So you got so you're gonna have a check. I don't know who's going to hire you, but you have a job if you want one, and that's to be a writer. You might be a hell of a reporter. Let's see if the Star Tribune puts its money where its mouth is. Go to the Star Tribune, Marcus, and, and apply for a job. See if they'll hire you. Boy, Do you I'm- want a party to claim him? Do you want him to be the property of the DFL or the Republican Party? Do you want that? No, I, no this is what I'm trying to say. I think the Star Tribune prints him because they think they're patting him on the head. Oh, and I'm saying, I'm saying he's too good for that. Be your own yeah. guy, Marcus, and quit singing me this sad song about you fear for your life every time you leave your front door. Unfortunately, you might think that, and I believe that's a tragedy, and I'm sorry for that. But you're, you're, you indicate to me with your thinking that you're more than capable of rising above that. Like the Reverend Tim has. Yes. Uh, the Reverend has risen above both political parties, if you ask me. And I would hate to see one party grab him and say, this is our guy. Because he's, he's as far as I'm concerned, he's better than both parties. He well, then represents call it the Tim, Reverend Tim party. Call it the Reverend he, Tim party. He represents humanity, human beings, mm-hmm. people working, going to jobs every day, trying to pay the mortgage. That's who the Reverend Tim represents. Because he has that done that himself. None of these activists have. None of right. them. Right. You know, if only there was um, someone that was a professional in the industry that could possibly reach out and be a potential mentor for this guy, Marcus. Um, that maybe has a writing background. Uh, there's not much I maybe can a, teach this maybe kid a radio about. Radio show. No, this kid writes very well. He writes very well. I just want him to broaden his message. You don't need to be the victim, Marcus. I think that's what we tried to get across when we saw his first piece back in October. Marcus, rise above this. You don't have to walk around afraid. You're you're above that. And if you're, a, if you're a black teenage male who doesn't feel safe in your own neighborhood, Marcus, it's not because of white people. It's because your own neighbors and your own peer group you're afraid of. Change it somehow. God, what a task to hand to a 17-year-old. Can yeah, you kid, go in there and change your neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's too much to throw on the shoulders of a 17, 18-year-old kid. Yeah. You know, they're still trying to figure out who they are and what their purpose is in life. We've already got him writing pieces on the front page. Yeah, you're right, you're right. And, and these two pieces uh, give us a glimpse at the struggle of him trying to figure out who he is. Yeah. These two pieces yeah. do that. Uh, but I, I am right. He Instead of being on the op-ed page, he should be on the front page. He, he's really good. Well... You don't run opinion pieces on the front pages of newspapers. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Well, that's what I'm saying. Call the Star Tribune's bluff. Go over there, get hired. You know they're printing you because they they it it it, it speaks well of them to have reached into North Minneapolis yeah. and print print opinion piece. Oh, you people are so full of B's and B's, S's and S. What are you going to do when this kid comes looking for a job? Because he can write better than most people you got on your staff now. Right there. Including That's, Patrick. 
That's right. This kid doesn't bury the lead the way Patrick does. <laughs> you said it before I could. Yeah. Pat, quit putting your lead in the 12th paragraph. Now I have to make him wait. This kid, this kid puts his leads where they should be. Well, I, I don't. Didn't we reach out to him in October and we never succeeded? I don't think Tim even knows this kid. <clears throat> oh, I bet he does. He t- he attends a private high school. I don't know if that's uh, De La Salle, De La perhaps. Salle, or, probably. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And in this in this piece today, we learn he lost his own father to gunfire. Yeah. How long ago? I didn't read so, it. So, just as an aside, I, I'd like to delve further into what Chris asked you. What advice would you give him in order to get published? Start reading all of the Thomas Sowell you can and start reading all of the great black Arthur, uh, was it, uh, not Williams, Arthur, uh, he filled in for Rush a lot. Uh, start reading all the Shelby Steele you can. Uh, start reading the black opinion makers in this country who have risen above their own victimhood. Start realizing that you don't have to continue to write these pieces for the Minneapolis paper, portraying yourself as a frightened, helpless soul. You're, you, you strike me as being much stronger than that. So I want him to adopt the strong part of his of his self. So he's got to write those when you're starting out on his own dime. Who does he send them to? He's not going to get published in the Times, is he? Or the Post. He's going to have to go to Wall Street Journal. Uh, Anything. The two pieces he wrote for the Star Tribune would be printed by anybody in the country. They're hardly conservative-voiced pieces. Are you thinking of Arthur Brooks? No. Okay. No. Walter Williams. Walter Williams, I'm thinking of. Oh. Walter Williams, Shelby Steele, Thomas Sowell. Uh, there's many. There's many. And for all I know, the kid reads these guys. Who's the I, I guy on the Patriot, uh, the black dude on the Patriot uh, radio um, network? He's really good. I don't know. I don't listen to the Patriot. Reavers, you better not have done what I think you did. No, I'm trying to look for the, the you said the guy that filled in for Rush. I'm trying to, because there's Walter a, Williams, think, I just said it. It's Walter Williams. Oh, you said Arthur, I thought. We lost, I know, we lost Walter Williams recently. Wait, oh. Walter Williams, he was a bad guy in that Bond movie set in Vegas, wasn't he? No, you're thinking of Walter White. Um, do you think the Reverend Tim would be as effective in office as he is right now in yes. the neighborhood? He'd be Do more you? effective than any other possible candidate for that city. Absolutely. Well, when you, do you want to have him on and we'll force him to run? You want me to call him right now? Yeah, I'd like to know if he's read these pieces by this kid. Well, he retweeted the one this morning. Yeah. He retweeted Marcus's piece? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's got a, it, it has a lot of legs on social. I've, I've seen a couple of retweets of it. You know what the house special is at Red Savoy? What's that, bro? It's their most popular pizza, and it has been for years because it speaks to the origination of this soda-style pizza. In 1965 at Red's Place on uh, 7th Street in St. Paul, uh, this is uh, it's sausage, pepperoni, mushrooms, green peppers, onions, and green olives, but it's, it's extraordinary. It's, the, it's Savoy's original sausage, and the perfect level of saltiness coming from the green olives. You look at me. I sound like a food guy. I sound like a food guy. A foodie. 
a foodie. Uh, but there's many varieties, of course. You go on the website, you can build your own pizza. And when you do, uh, go go to the app mm-hmm. and you or go to SavoyPizza.com or go to the Savoy app, build your own one-topping large pizza, and they're going to throw in cheese bread, garlic cheese bread for you. But that's online only, and it's for GLers. So you just can't walk in off the street and say, where that cheese bread at? Uh, by no. the way, an uh, update from our guy Tom. He got his free birthday pizza today. You wanted oh, me yeah? to make sure you men- I mentioned that right. to you today. Tom is in, as in Tom in our building? Yes, our guy Tom. <laughs> did he bring any down for you? No. No, he did not. And you can find good. Red Savoy in Apple Valley, Blaine, Burnsville, Egan, Eden Prairie, Edina, Hugo, Lakeville, Osseo, Roseville, St. Louis Park, downtown St. Paul, right on, uh, what is that? St. Peter Street, uh, White Bear Avenue in St. Paul, Snelling Avenue in St. Paul, Vadness Heights in Woodbury. It really is good. Cutting squares like it should be. Soda style, S-O-T-A, since 1965 with that original recipe still used at every Red Savoy location. If the sewer line running from your house to the city line gets really clogged, it can cause sewage to back up into your home. You don't want that. Bonfi does drain and sewer services to help get things flowing again and to help make sure you don't have a sewage backup. Bonfi can repair or replace your sewer line, or they can put in a new liner inside of your old sewer pipe, making it like new again. If you have a sewer or drain problem, better call Bonfi. When you tell the folks at Bonfi Royce sent you, you can save $150 off an intensive sewer line cleaning. Is that his cylinder index or his golf score? Either way, it's a big number. Here's Joe Suchere. Seafoam is such a wonderful product in a world of bad gas that it actually saved our friend Bob money on two fronts. He writes, a few years ago, my 20-year-old Echo Blower started to sputter, so I started to shop around for steel models to replace it. Stopped into the local small engine shop, told the uh, counter guy my story. He showed me the exact same 20-year blower that I had that he still uses, and he said when it started sputtering, he gave it a couple of gulps of seafoam. It regained its composure and has been running smoothly ever since. I did the same thing. I still have that now 24-year-old Echo unit blowing strong. And Bob's story, uh, it, it's, it's got to go into the hat. It goes into the vintage seafoam hat for Friday's seafoam stories drawing. Now, he saved on both the repair bill. He didn't have to tear that tiny little carburetor down. And he also saved on a brand-new blower. I don't know if you've priced these things out lately. Bob was looking at a backpack model. Those things are not cheap. You can send your seafoam story to Olson at garagelogic.com and You'll be entered to win both product and prizes from Seafoam. It's a local company available globally. The best possible thing you could do for your cylinders. A wonderful product in a world of bad gas, Seafoam. In the you're reminding me that I've got to put some Seafoam. I have an Echo too, and I have to put some Seafoam in there. I've got you know what? I've got a weed whipper, and it's a steel. I don't think I've. No wonder it runs crappy. I don't think I've ever put a drop of sea foam in it. You got to put it in dump, everything. Yeah, I'm dumping the cruddy gas out of it when I get home this afternoon. In the first 60 days of 2021, more than a dozen people have been hit by vehicles in St. Paul, meaning pedestrians. Half the cases were hit and runs. 
three of them fatal. On December 1st, uh, she was crossing and someone hit her. A car hit her, said Sari Edwards, the daughter of a hit-and-run victim. On December 1, her 57-year-old mother, Carolyn, was hit by a man while crossing Rice Street near Milford. Witnesses say he got out of his car to see, see if she was okay, but when, but when he seen the state of her condition, why would we quote her like that? Uh, who wrote this? Where did I get this? Fox 9. Witnesses say he got out of the car to see if she was okay, but when he saw the state of her condition... <laughs> well, you, there, can't, you cannot accept that people talk like that, can you? Well, here's the way the paragraph is printed. We're quoting uh, Carolyn. Uh, we're getting the, sidetracked. No, we're... Because no, we're quoting, we're quoting <laughs> Sari Edwards, the daughter of her departed mother, Carolyn. Witnesses say he got out the car to see if she was okay, but when he seen the state of her condition, he go back in his car and fled, said Edwards. He's going to reread and, it again. But none he? of this is funny because the poor woman died. Right. And so he left her there to die. Carolyn was seriously injured. Oh, uh. maybe, no, she's alive. I'm sorry. She's alive. Thank God. Carolyn was seriously injured. She spent a month and a I, Whoever wrote this over at Fox 9, I see your name there, but I'm not going to embarrass you by putting your name out in the oh, public. But I, I you, just looked it up, too. You should be fired immediately <laughs> and on. replaced by Marcus Hunter, who can write. Wasn't that person just using direct quotes? No, this is this is horrible. You you oh. don't you. Oh. I have never directly quoted anyone like that, regardless of race. So you you would change it to proper grammar? I just make it English. up. Yeah, a <laughs> <That> boy. <laughs> uh, she mom's back, but she needs twenty four seven care. Uh, and so by the far, way, please, please don't um, read that person's name. Um, I'm not going to. Good, thank you. Please don't. Friend of ours. Yeah. Oh, great, Joe. I don't Way care. Still should be fired. She used to work here. Jeez, <laughs> come on. <laughs> So far this year, 14 people have been hit by cars, vans, or trucks. In this, this is just St. Paul. This doesn't include Minneapolis. Seven of those cases were hit and runs, three of which killed the victim. It's a trend we're concerned about. It's one we're monitoring, and it's one we're taking action to get in front of, said Steve Linders of the St. Paul Police. Uh, as the weather warms, the police tend to see more people out walking, which increases the chances of these kinds of crashes. I disagree. Uh, now the Edwards family is one of many in St. Paul looking for answers. For them, that means finding the driver of a minivan that had rust spots and a missing hubcap. Well, that's about every minivan in St. Paul. Uh, I, the only conclusion, uh, the only conclusion I reach reading this is, uh, look at look at look at look at what's taking place. This is yet just another example of the decline of moral and ethical integrity. This was unheard of years ago. Unheard of. People had a moral foundation which would have compelled them to stop had they hit someone. Right. Yes, there have been hit and runs since the invention of the automobile, but not to this degree. It goes hand in hand with the carjackings. It goes hand in hand with young people not knowing how to drive. Uh, it's pathetic. Well, it's I was strong arm robbery. I remember a few else. years ago, we might have even talked about this on the show, but. I seen someone get hit uh, going seen through him? campus. Don't talk like that, you moron. And uh, no, but I'm dead serious. I I saw that, and they 
they kind of stopped and they, they looked. They weren't hit at a high rate, but they just kept going. And I thought, if I nicked somebody with my car, I'm not going to yeah. keep going. Well, uh, and, 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 the, and the coppers are saying, well, you know, it's warm out. More people are walking. Well, that does not excuse the lack of moral and ethical, no. e- ethical integrity. If, if anything, it should heighten your awareness of, of the people around you walking. So, uh, God help us. That's all I can say. Is so when you're down at uh, Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and you're talking to somebody and, and they said, uh, yeah, I seen on the news. Uh, what do you do? You call them a moron to their face? Uh, do you correct them or depends who it is? Yeah, depends who it is. Unless it's Mike. <laughs> if, I, if it's Mike, I call him a moron. You're right. Yeah, yeah. The guy that's writing the checks to GL, you're going to call him? No, of course I'm not. Uh, but I, I don't. Uh, uh, I, Kenny, if I'm talked to that way, I just take it. I don't really say anything unless it's us. Unless, Unless you guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. But I, I just think I would have given the young woman, uh, well, here's the quote again. No, just Don't, don't, just Joe. Let Let's go. just move on. Just you made a, you made an ex- excellent point. Decline of moral and ethical why, why, something, why, whatever why, it is. What's the matter? <laughs> uh, just, we have so few friends in the business. Let's right. just try to keep the one not or two that still last, like us. Right. Let's not burn the last. Is this few one? Is have. this one that walked through me invisible? Uh, maybe at a time, yes. Yeah. But it was. It, it's been a while since she worked here. Whatever. I have a story. I, I hope you both have had a chance to read it. It's a story that uh, has confuses me more than any story I've read in the last year. And it's the play story in today's Pioneer Press. And the headline is St. Paul Amendment to be Revised. Subhead, City Council President to Withdraw Proposal Regarding Items at Protests and Other Gatherings. I read about the initial amendment last week. It was a, it was a proposal by St. Paul City Council President Amy Brenmoan, who wished to forbid uh, bringing sharp sticks, softball bats, glass bottles, and, and other various items to parades, protests, and civic gatherings, presumably to uh, lessen the temptation for destruction or violence. Correct. And I didn't, yeah. I, I didn't think much of it. I've, this is what you know, city councils do. They dream up these things, and they say, well, let's come up with something where you can't take a sharp stick to a protest, and you can't take a glass bottle. And, you, and I, I was fine with it. I didn't care that they came up with that. But now she got so much heat for it that oh. she's withdrawing the amendment. From social, from, from uh, let me guess, let me guess. This is, oh, go ahead, sorry. This is the part that confuses me. I'm apparently not nearly woke enough to understand how this could have been a problem. But it turns out, uh, it turns out, facing criticism from event organizers and social justice groups. Sure. St. Paul City Council President Amy Brenmoan said she will withdraw a proposed amendment to city ordinances that would make it a crime to bring shields, glass bottles, pointed sticks, softball bats, and a long list of additional items to parades, protests, and civic gatherings. In other words, she's not going to recommend that. She's taking that off the table. Why do these people like Amy Brandmore, whatever her name is, not realize that 
Catering to these mobs is exactly why we're in this position well, right now. Who's the mob here? What what are yeah, they you, saying? You, why? you just you just uh, you just might have invited some coins for yourself. What are you talking about? Well, she, she's her her amendment presumably was to dissuade mobs from why? bringing no no from I'm bringing, saying I'm saying acquiescing from that is what's what is she she's backing she, down. Okay, but you don't know why yet. Oh, come on. No, no. Okay. Why is she backing down? Because of the backlash. Because she's fearful of getting canceled. That's exactly why she's well, doing this. But why? Why would you but get why? canceled? Why? See, as long as you're going to interrupt me and not let me get to the point oh, that so I'm, puzzles me, I want to hear. No, I want to hear what you. Because th- you, you got this completely backwards. No, I don't think I do. She who went, is it that's complaining, Chris? Who who saw that proposed amendment and said, "Wait a minute, that city council can't tell me to bring a uh, th- tell me that I can't bring a glass bottle and a shield and my bat and a sharp stick to a protest?" Who's want, she to tell me that? You you can't really you really can't draw that conclusion. Who's who who would be offended by being told that they can't have those items? Because in their minds, they're saying that there is some sort of undertone, whether it be racially charged or whatever. That that you you are now uh, you are now uh, impeding my freedom. Well, you're more woke than I am because that's pretty damn close. That's oh. pretty damn close to what we learn in the uh, story. Hmm. So you seen the article then, Chris? Because I did. I did. I seen it this morning. Listen, uh, focus. Just stay focused. Sorry. Let's finish this piece. Why don't interrupt. you two idiots stay focused? I'm sorry. I'll go back to watching the Twins game. You did turn it on, didn't you? I did. You son of a gun. You, well, you, I wouldn't have even known they were on had you not said anything. And I got a race on here, Joe, too, by the way. I'm watching a race. But go ahead. A public hearing on that ordinance was to have been held today, but no longer. Uh, with support of my colleagues, I plan to withdraw the proposed parade and protest ordinance, said Bren Moan. Uh, during the first week of the ordinance being posted, we heard from parade and event organizers. This second week, we heard from organizations with concerns about implications to peaceful protests and for racial profiling. This is the part that I don't get. Bren Moan said she will recommend that the St. Paul Police Department and the city attorney's office work with the public to navigate the concerns and consider recommended changes we have removed we have received from all of you she said a revised ordinance would return to the council once that process is complete pointing to the sticks used uh. to host May Day parade puppets and bottles common at public festivities such as Cinco de Mayo events critics called the amendment so all-encompassing that it would effectively give St. Paul police the authority to break up any civic gathering at any time. Okay, now we're starting to get closer. Council members last week said the ordinance amendment would itself be amended and improved, but it's unclear if the alternate version of the proposal entered into the record on Thursday, last Thursday, would maintain the definition of public assembly as gatherings of 24 individuals or reduce them to gatherings as small as five individuals. What was that? That was Kate. Keep going, because I've got something on this. Keep going. Version 2 removes an expression an express prohibition against glass bottles in a list of banned items, but still makes specific mention of the threat posed by glass bottles elsewhere in the ordinance. The the coalition Root 
and restore St. Paul had already begun a week's worth of phone calls to city council members and speak-out activities against the ordinance change with a protest planned for tomorrow at City Hall. The Facebook listing for the two-hour protest, sponsored by nine social justice organizations, such as Black Lives Matter Twin Cities, Metro, Black Lives Matter Minneapolis, the Racial Justice Network, and Communities United Against Police Brutality, now describe it as canceled. Among the critics, the American Civil Liberties Union of Minnesota issued a statement Monday calling the proposed ordinance change overly broad, unnecessary, and especially dangerous for black, brown, and indigenous communities who are already disproportionately harmed by criminalization, over-policing, and police harassment. I don't get this. You mean a black, brown, or indigenous person uh, would be at risk for profiling if that person held a bottle at a protest? Yep. Kenny, your, Kenny mic- your mic's off. Your microphone's off. Kenny, your mic's off. I wrote this down a couple of... Hold on, let me grab it off my board. I wrote down this ridiculous argument a couple of months ago, and I posted it on my bulletin board, and it was in regards to the 20-mile-per-hour speed limit, and I thought this was ridiculous, and I would never heard this before, and I'd probably never hear it again. Here's the quote. The law is not bigoted, but it allows bigotry to flourish. And I think that's what we have here. They assume that there's a, this law will only be enforced on those the aforementioned group oh. uh, groups: black people, Spanish, Mexican, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, people of other heritages, and will not be enforced on white people. When I first heard this law being passed and discussed, I thought the same thing you did, basically, Joe. It's like, yeah, okay. Uh, we're not going to allow glass bottles and pointed sticks at protests and parades. That that kind of makes sense. It's it's why you're not given glass bottles and bars, right, Chris? Yes. Uh, or or at sport. sporting events. Or at sporting yeah, or, events. Right. Virtually everywhere these days, a, a very normal and acceptable practice. But it actually puts into use this ridiculous quote that I wrote down so many months ago, which was about the 20 mile per hour speed limit. So now, by that thinking. We have to abolish the 20-mile-per-hour speed limit because, obviously, police are only going to enforce that on people of color. They won't enforce it on white people. Ridiculous. I'm, I'm, you know what I am? I am gobsmacked. Uh, in other words, we have reached the point. <laughs> uh, correct me if I'm wrong. That means you, Reavers, you have to pay attention. I am. I see your head. I see where your eyes are. I'm looking right at you. This camera thing is going to kill us, Chris. I know. (laughs) We have reached the point where a city council person can't create an ordinance to, let's just call them weapons, to prevent weapons from being brought to a protest because somehow that criminalizes marginalized communities? Yep. Yes. How? That's, yes. That's where we're at. How? But not white people. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I'll bet you a hundred bucks that more white people were arrested last May than black people in Minneapolis. I will not take that bet because I agree with you. Among, among your whites? 
I sound like Archie Bunker. Among your whites are a lot of professional activists. Look at Portland. Well, there was a, yeah. uh, I think Kelsey sent us the, the, the photo that said America in 2021 20, in one perfect photograph. And it was a white guy wearing a Black Lives Matter t-shirt being arrested and handcuffed with the, you know, with the handkerchief around his face being arrested by a black cop. <laughs> I thought that's so perfect. Yeah. I, I, I'm really, I'm really desperate to understand this. Uh, there are people so vigilant and, and so ready to have their knees jerk convulsively that they saw in this proposed ordinance some imagined harm to black, brown, and indigenous people. You can't tell anyone, uh, Amy Brenmoen apparently was told, you can't prohibit people from bringing... I want baseball bats to be prohibited from being brought to a protest. Hell yes. I want pointed... This is the first time that I have defended a city council member in either city. Oh, wow. In my history of my life. No, I have, I've, I've, Jane Prince I've defended once in a while. No, I'm not being facetious. This woman, Brenmoen, was told you can't propose an ordinance that prohibits glass bottles, sharp sticks, a shield, a baseball bat. You can't, you can't create an ordinance prohibiting those things because that brings danger to people of color. I don't get it. How does that bring danger to people of color? It's yeah, it's it's nonsense. I don't get it. It's it's for the reason I just gave you because it's going to be selective enforcement. They said it right in the piece. This means they're going to go down to uh, what's the, what's the Mexican thing? The days we we Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, they're going to go down to a Cinco de Mayo, de Mayo um, festival parade, etc., and just start picking out people of Spanish descent. Who have? Uh, well, an I, I don't believe. I, I don't believe. I don't believe the police would do that. No, that's my point exactly. This, from why I understand it, her original bill, law, whatever, was to prevent violence and bloodshed at protests and marches and parades, not to bug the Cinco de Mayo parade, the grand old. You know what I mean? But in, in the, the, uh, the Irish thing, you guys always get all lit up on. St. Patrick's, St. Patrick's Day. Day. The, the irony of all of this, though, is what good would this bill have done in the first place? Oh, because I think it... Do you think it would? Because I'm thinking, okay, is, is uh, you know, Henry going to say, hey, man, I'd bring this bat down to, to it the, would the courthouse, give, but it, there's an ordinance now in place. It would give the police an opportunity, a reason to cart away a, a um, potentially violent person. Okay. That's what it would I do. Get that. them off the street yeah. for... A few hours or a half a day. If I'm bringing a shield yeah. to a protest, right? Well, what possibly am I imagining except I'm going to need it yeah. to prevent objects thrown at me? Yeah, you need a timeout, Mister. You're going to go to the van and you're going to go sit in a church parking lot thirty blocks away. That's what's going to happen to you. I, I'm I've I'm not sure. I, I can get to the point where the American Civil Liberties Union got that that ordinance 
is overly broad, unnecessary, and dangerous for Black, Brown, and Indigenous communities. I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand how it could be because I. Well, see, they're operating from the what the woke Mysterians are doing is all over the country. Is they're they're all united in their hatred of police. They are all yes. united in their belief that the police are the problem. Their assumption that all police officers are racist and out to get people of non-white, you know, descent. So that, that, see, that's, that's the germ that can allow them to think this way. No GLer, upon reading about this proposed ordinance, would have thought, well, that's just going to give the coppers a chance to crack heads. No GLer would have thought that. No, no, no. But, but Mysterians, the first thing they think is, they're now, think of the prism they're viewing the world. If this yep. is true of this ordinance, then Mysterians, the prism that Mysterians view the world through is predicated on the first and foremost belief that police must be reined in all the time and that police are the problem. Look what Lisa Bender said yesterday. We can't police our way out of police violence, uh, anticipating the, the protests over the Chauvin trial. She's, audit, she's already concluded that if mm -hmm. anything happens... It's the mm -hmm. police's fault. Mm -hmm. Well, look what God, they is did. she worthless? She look, is worthless. Look what they did as a result of the massive spike in crime. They brought the police and say, "What's the problem here? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what do you mean? What's the problem? You've been enabling these people for months, right? Right. And you want to get rid of us? You're enabling the criminals, and now you're bringing us back in to say, "Why in the hell aren't we fixing this for you?" Yep. What are you people are crazy? I seen this coming. I seen it. You did. I seen it. You seen it a long time ago. You I are on this. our side. We finally won him over, Chris. I He's seen one this. of us. <laughs> he is a commoner just like us. I seen this. Say the new production facility at Spencer Grunhofer's old fashioned meats in Hugo. Yeah. Began brought production yesterday. Nice. It had it has been open. And it has been used, and it is uh, Spencer's test recipe kitchen. But now all the wheels are turning, and all the ingredients are there. And the new production facility, which is more than double the size of the place, is they started uh, making the brats yesterday. Honest to God, this warm weather is practically informing us that you better start grilling. Last Saturday was the busiest Saturday at Grunhofer's since Christmas season. Wow. Really? And that's without a warning uh, or a watch having been issued by Reavers. I bet this weekend we'll even top that. Oh, it's going to be yeah. 57 degrees on Sunday. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> the spinach, bacon, and mozzarella brat has been a huge hit. Any of the Grunhofer's meatloafs are great for stuffed peppers. What does that mean? What would you do? I don't get that. You've never had a stuffed pepper before? What, do you stuff it with the meatloaf? <laughs> I have no idea either, Joe. Don't I don't either. Really, you guys have never had stuffed peppers. You, you, you can no. do with you can do anything with it. I'm not going to try like to go stuck with in. hamburger meat. or Yeah, something? you can put anything in there, and then you and then you bake it after you prepare the the innards. It's fantastic. Well, I, I think what I think what the uh, chefs at Grunhofer's are recommending is that perhaps you stuff the pepper with one of the meatloafs. Oh, 100 percent. Wouldn't I, that be something? That would be pretty good. I no, I, I'm not that bad. I have had stuffed peppers. Yeah, but I was just I tried to imagine a giant meatloaf getting stuffed into a little pepper. Well, you probably. And that's I was having a little problem. You there. probably wouldn't be able to do the whole meatloaf. I mean, that's like five pounds of you know what put in a one pound bag. You right. just can't do it. No, you just can't I've do never, it. 
I've never saw that, Joe. I seen it once. <laughs> I took and went over there and seen it. You take and go. Uh, yeah. Double smoked hams for nope. Easter. It's not too soon to start thinking about your delectable Easter ham from Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. Get it in there. Reserve yours or bring it home. Man, they're the best you've ever had. As long as you're there, you know you're going to get the burgers, the steaks, the brats, the bacon, the seasoning, the jerky. It's just just wonderful, wonderful stuff. And that new production facility is starting making brats new flavors yet to be announced. Right now, the newest one is that spinach, bacon, and mozzarella brat, which I will acquire the next time I visit. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. It's in Hugo, right at the north end of Hugo. Where else? It's on Highway 61. Hey, become a part of the Chill Boys family like the entire Garage Logic staff and also so many of you GLers right now that have made your purchase for maybe for yourself or for somebody else. It doesn't matter because they are the hands down most comfortable underwear you will ever own. I promise you. They have a wide variety. It's performance boxers, bamboo boxers, bamboo boxer briefs. It, just check out their website right now chillboys.com there you can place your order for the comfortable boxers or maybe you want a couple of cool t-shirts sunglasses whatever you want go online right now here's the coolest part if you have an order over $40 it ships fast and free in the United States yeah anywhere they're a local Minnesota company and they are so happy to be part of the garage logic family they also have a really cool number of sale items that are going on right now so do like we did become a part of the Chill Boys family, whether you want the performance, the bamboo, it doesn't matter. You're going to really be happy with your purchase at Chill Boys Brand on Twitter. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Sujure. Let's do a reset. Let's do a do-over. Let's start over. It's not too late in life to start over. I myself, of course, you all know this, GLers. I fantasize about cool jobs in the real world and being a graduate of the American Institute of Non-Destructive Testing and being a testing tech for equipment and structures, it sounds fun and fascinating to me. The website, trainingndt.com. And I don't care if you're 18 and considering your future or you're 48 and you're sick of bailing hay. It's easy. You take six months of online. Well, it's not easy. Uh, it's all about how easy you make it. You take six months of online classes. That's where you learn the ins and outs of testing equipment, materials, tools, machines, etc., etc. You do it in a non-destructive manner. Then it's followed by three weeks of on hands-on learning up in the classroom, the facilities there in Baxter, followed by a great job in whatever field you choose, everything from aerospace and aviation to uh, construction, oil and gas development, manufacturing, you name it, they all use non-destructive testing. You'll see for yourself if you log on to that website, trainingndt.com. And now, uh, keep in mind when you go there, and I want you to look it up and confirm it to make sure I'm not uh, talking hyperbole. I believe it's a 92% placement <laughs> rating. And the guy, that, 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 that copy machine actually I wonder if that was non-destructively tested because I'd like to I'd like to actually test it destructively. I'd like to take a Louisville <laughs> slugger to that printer. Well, you can in anyway, St. Paul now. This guy this guy yeah, this guy is the limit when it comes to earning potential. 
just keep on with the continuing education as you work and the world comes to you, baby. I'll tell you one more time. Log on to trainingndt.com. The law is not bigoted, but it allows bigotry to flourish. And somehow, Kenny, you don't know who the author of that quote is, but you remember being an associated with the story of proposed 20-mile-an-hour speed limits. And or someone, I, yeah, or I put it, you know, because I wrote the, the quote in ink, and then I put 20-mile-per-hour speed limit in, 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 a, in a, a Sharpie. So I don't know if I put the two and two together and I was planning on using it. I, I wonder if Brett Weinstein didn't say that. I don't know. Well, well, here's the frightening part. It's a hell of a quote, but that could be applied to every law ever written. That's eerie. And that is, isn't that the definition of anarchy? Yes, because the only, the only solution to a law not compelling bigotry would be there being no law. Give it to me again. The law is not bigoted, but it allows bigotry. Let me, let me set it up better than that. Let's use a 20-mile-an-hour speed limit, for example. In the, uh, Both cities are, are now have 20-mile-an-hour speed limits posted. Correct, yeah. And let's say that someone had a reaction to that that, that went along these lines. That 20-mile-an-hour uh, speed limit is not bigoted, but it allows bigotry to flourish. Well, by which whoever wrote that would have meant, apparently, that it would have allowed coppers to stop a black person for driving 25 while making the same presumption that they would not have stopped a white person from driving 25. Right. Because well, then, generally speaking, Joe, everybody, from, my, from what I saw when I was still there, everybody ignores the 20-mile-per-hour speed limit everybody nobody goes that slow except people that own subaru foresters they always but take <laughs> but take take the eerie thought and run with it that's yeah. that's the you could apply the same thinking to a 55 mile an hour speed limit absolutely anyway. 75 mile an hour speed limit yep, yep. the city council of minneapolis uh, used this exact term yesterday they didn't know they were but they believe the preparations to try to maintain some semblance of sanity and preservation in the city of Minneapolis will allow bigotry to flourish. Yeah. There it is. You can yeah. apply this is a hell of a quote. I wish we could credit whoever wrote it. You can apply this this bromide to virtually everything you can think about. You can apply it to what we just got done discussing, the proposed amendment by the St. Paul City Council to ban certain items of apparent destruction brought to protest. And people are saying, no, you can't do that. The law in and of itself does not is not bigoted, but it certainly could allow bigotry to flourish. Yeah, almost Holy all Well, then, then, then... The only way to erase that thinking from the human condition is no laws, hello Portland, hello anarchy. Right. No laws. Right, and it's also assuming that everybody who wears a badge is evil and corrupt to the very uh, soul, no matter what color they may be. Well, and the, what the Mysterians are guilty of, the Mysterians are guilty of believing that only people of color would be victimized by there being laws. Right. Right. Holy yeah. mackerel. Yeah. I'm trying to search for it, and I'm, I'm not getting anywhere. 
I think you'll find in South Minneapolis that uh, you can almost get away with anything in an automobile. And, and it doesn't matter what color you are because they just don't have time to deal with your speeding ass. Hence the uh, dramatic rise in carjackings. Well, stopping, yeah, that, yeah. stopping at a red light is not bigoted, but it could allow bigotry to flourish. Uh, the enforcement thereof, yeah. Sure. Yeah. There's not a law this quote could not be applied to. Not a single law that this quote could not be applied to. Well, which is a real fine how do you do. How do you do? How do you do? How do you do? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, folks. I don't know what to think anymore. I'm so discombobulated. I just don't know what to do. You are not. You said something that I disagree with. You said uh, that this this development in St. Paul has put you in a position of defending this city council person. You're not defending her. Uh, before, when she was doing this, you were like, yeah, fine. Uh, if anything, now you are criticizing her and railing on her for backing down from what was a good stance. So you're not defending her. She's a moron. I, I guess I'm not. I, it wouldn't bother me if I were. Uh, again, uh, Amy Brenmon had a, had a reasonable-sounding addition to an already existing ordinance. By the way, uh, on these protests and parades, let's make sure nobody has glass bottles, pointed sticks, shields, or baseball bats. Okay, I... I'm fine with, with that. that. I'm yeah. fine with that. That sounds good. But somehow yeah. that is thought to be an opportunity for bigotry to flourish. It's an anti-Antifa law. <laughs> and we can't have that. No, no, we can't have that. <laughs> can't have that. Mother of God in heaven. I, uh, Here's a note from Jeff who just copied me on something. He said, I think you'll enjoy this insight. Madison, Wisconsin. Senate minority, minority leader Janet Bewley thinks her constituents who don't vote for local tax increases are not smart. The <laughs> Ashland Democrat said as much at a Wisconsin Counties Association roundtable this week. Bewley was describing communities in her northern Wisconsin district that could not afford to operate an ambulance service. It's a mandated service, and they can't do it. They're heartsick and begging for help, she said. Assembly Speaker Robert Voss, Republican Rochester, asked, have they gone to a referendum and asked voters to increase their own revenues? They haven't had time, but they're thinking about it, Bewley said. So they have that option now, Voss said. Bewley agreed that they do, but said the voters will turn it down, and they're going to be in the same position they're in right now. So if the voters turn it down, doesn't it mean they don't support what you're advocating, Voss asked? No, it means they're dumb, Bewley said. It means they're not yeah. smart. Oh, right. You're reading between the lines, aren't you? You know what she's really saying. Well, what she's really saying is I know more about this than you do. And conservatives are dumb. Yeah. Because generally conservatives don't want a tax increase. And this is something that started when Obama was still in, in office. Politicians openly criticizing Americans and taunting them for having a different uh, point of view than their own. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you something. Mm. Let me tell you something. Uh, with each passing day, uh, things are getting stranger. They're getting more curious. 
and I, I uh, to reflect on what I said yesterday, uh, I think once the trial of Chauvin begins, we're, we're going to see something extremely major develop. I can give you a bit of a ray of hope for that. It's unlikely, but we could see one of two things happen, given that the given that the trial is going to be such a source of protest, apparently. One, it will, it will be sailed through with extreme peace and calm. Uh, we don't know that. Or it will result in utter destruction. B. 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 But it's going to be bad either way. No, Well, no, not bad either way. It would be good if it was calm, but that's not, not going to happen. I... Uh, I just think we're in because for Because of the coronavirus, you are going to be quarantined, but you have a choice. Do you, A, quarantine with your wife and child, or B, B. No matter what it is, B. B. <laughs> Don't care. <laughs> every time. Every time. I just think we're going to be on a tremendous roller coaster ride over the next month. And we're going to have to be careful of our facts. We're going to have to put some people in place who can report for us on the scene. Uh, it's going to be the, it, it could be the major urban story of our lifetime, if you really want to get down but and look at it seriously. Is, Joe, the problem is we have children in place that answer to nobody. Right. And when is the next election? I mean, I mean, how? so the city could burn down, and these chuckleheads are still going to be in charge the day after while the city is smoldering. Just like last summer, yep. you know, and it's going to come down to news anchors like Julie, Julie Nelson. Bless your heart, Julie, that finally couldn't take it anymore last spring and started yelling and shouting at the mayors and the governor. Step to the microphone. Tell us what you're doing to prevent this. You've got to do your job, and that's what it's going to come down to. And they're just not being held accountable. Yep. But the the mystery is so married to these people, to the crime breakers. They're married to them. And that believes... What's it going to take? Believe, they believe that signals their virtue to care the way they do, to care. You know, the other frightening aspect of it is... Hey, I got an email. The other frightening aspect to this is you don't really even know how long this is going to last because there's no start and end here with this trial, Right. Right. We, we, it, 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 it's, it's not going to be like a, an episode of Law and Order where it's over in uh, two days. It's not going to be like that. Mm-hmm. This is going to drag on forever. As the weather continues to improve. Yep. We need a serious March and April week-long blizzard each month. Well, We've had April blizzards. Yeah. We need some more. We're going to have to have some more. Okay, I'll take an anything. April blizzard as long as the Twins are out of town. Is that? Can we make that deal? Are we starting the Major League Baseball season at the wait, uh, at wait, the wait, regular wait, time? Wait. Your weather fantasy. Wait a second, Joe. That's not going to play out. It was thirty below down there, and the carjackings continued. Yeah, you're right. You know, the blizzard or no blizzard, it's going to continue. Well, but Kenny, would it might deter some from coming to town? That's the only thing it's going to stop. You're right. It's going to stop the outside agitators. Because I wonder if if travel restrictions will be put in place. 
you know, one-way flights to Minneapolis are not going to be, no. you know, things like that. Oh, hell no. No, no, no. Uh, we are starting on April 1. Okay, so the season's starting on time. Right? Is that, is that the home opener? I have a, you know, I have a sports question. Okay. Uh, Kyle Rudolph is no longer a Viking. Yeah, he was released. Struck me as a hell of a player. Uh, will he catch on with someone? Oh, yeah, he'll have a job. Oh, okay, that's yeah. what I wanted to know. He's not retiring, in other words. No, he'll have a job. Yeah. Uh, we open Thursday, April 1st in Milwaukee. Then we well, go. at least they got a roof there if they need it. But then we go to Detroit. Uh, they don't have a roof. They do not. Yeah. And then we come home to take on the Mariner. And what date? That would be Thursday, April 8th. So Thursday, April 8th, which, which can be a very interesting date, uh, depending on what the situation is with the trial. Yep. So there's a piece on the front page. Is this today's? Yeah, today's Star Tribune, right below the, the fold. It was accompanied by a Walls, Walls seeks to bolster BCA team that targets domestic threats. And right next to it, FBI director warns of homegrown terror like January 6 metastasizing. And he's calling what happened January 6 in the Capitol um, a rioting. I want to know what they're doing to prevent this. This, Chris, when you said, are they going to prevent travel into the state, I thought, well, that's ludicrous. Of course not. But then it lit, lit a, you know, a light bulb went off. What is the FBI doing to help us and prevent further violence are they monitoring the movement of known terrorists as they call them or is this terrorist thing only being is this label only being thrown on conservatives are you also using this for antifa in portland and what are you doing to help us out here are you talking anyway, to me i'm talking to whoever will listen oh but mostly i'm talking to fbi director christopher ray well i'm mm -hmm. wondering too wouldn't it be interesting to monitor the likes of Seattle and Portland if all hell breaks loose here That's as we're anticipating? And, and is, the, is it going to go down out there because they all decided to head our way? Right. And that's what I'm asking this FBI director. Uh, is this domestic terrorism as you define it? Do you only mean the right? Or you mean all... all yeah, because I, I sense so far what I've sensed is that he seems to be indicating only from the right. Right. That's the, that's the feeling I got. Yep. Well, it ain't it ain't a bunch of rock rib Republicans who've torn up Portland for the last year. Nope. Mm -hmm. Or Seattle. And for that matter, it's not the old progressive left. It's the ludicrous far, far, far left, you know, the violent. Why don't the why don't the Reavers of Portland, you know, the the fit, big guys who aren't afraid to maybe knock heads around? Why don't about five hundred of them go downtown and clean out these doorknobs? They, they automatically get uh, referred to as the KKK. Yep. Isn't that or something? Or what are the other groups? Uh, but they're Proud cleaning Boys. out white people. But if they if they right. had any sense and if they had a brain, they just choose the wise move, and that's not to get involved whatsoever. Well, their city, their costs. city is their city is no longer going to exist. But Joe, no, that right. is less important than maintaining a life. Because if you all of a sudden look what happened with the uh, the kid in Kenosha, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. 
you, you just unfortunately you you can't choose the route of wanting to do right by your city because you you're you're yep. not going to win that way. You question these people in a group, you're going to get curb stomped. Seriously, yep. you are going to get beaten within an inch of your life. Mm-hmm. Not if I was on my little scooter from uh, <laughs> from EcoFun. Because you always got an escape route when you're on your little right. scooter. Yeah. Up and over the sidewalk, up and down <laughs> steps. You can do anything on a gas-powered scooter that turns your urban errands into adventures <laughs> from EcoFun. Or even if you're on a Bintelli e-bike. Yeah. Some of these big, fat protesters can't outrun a Bintelli e-bike. You you are the king, sir. You right are the king. Right from EcoFun Motorsports <laughs> in downtown Forest Lake, here's the deal. Go out there now because the weather's breaking for us. Go now. Get what you want to start riding this spring. They'll keep it for you. They'll store it for you until you come back and get it with an appropriate vehicle oh, wait a in minute. case you have to show up in a Prius or something. Right? Sorry, the rule still applies whether you're doing a live ad or not. But the e-bikes, the, the scooters, the kids' recreational equipment, the helmets, the apparel, the great service department. But right now, beat the spring rush. Look at Saturday. It's going to damn near be 60 degrees. In fact, you might not even want them to store it. You might want to no. take it home and start riding. Take it home. Then you could ride it through the April blizzard we're bound to get. <laughs> but if you don't want to bring it home, they'll store it for you at EcoFun Motorsports. This is a great opportunity to get some great, great equipment. The full line of Yamaha products, those great Bintelli e-bikes. And uh, Kayla is the world expert. You'll, you'll leave with the right bike, the right tires, the right size, the right fit. Everything will be done for you on a tailored basis, and you'll have the great, great bike for your riding entertainment all summer long at EcoFun Motorsports. It's on Highway 61. Where else? GL owns Highway 61, right in downtown Forest Lake. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. What I've noticed, Chris, is um, he will comment on something if we bring it up on the air. Ah. Like Texas lifting the mask rule, spurring surge fear. Yeah. But it, but if we don't push him on the air. Am I being spoken I... about in the third person? Yes, yes, you are. <laughs> we, we so, Such, what are you in a contest with any of the neighbors uh, blowing the snow, mowing the grass, who is the thickest, most luscious lawn? It, it, are you in one of those unofficial contests? I'm in an unspoken contest uh, between me and a neighbor across the street and a few doors down on who has the best winter driveway. Yes, yes, that's how it is with me and Steve, and then it's me and Andy for the lawn, and 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 pretty soon the other neighbors down the block get they get involved and they come they come wobbling down on a Wednesday evening saying, uh, "Say, uh, how how come your grass is always so nice?" And it's because of professionalturf.com. All that snow is going to be gone here in the next two minutes, and uh, you're going to be looking at that lawn and you're going to be thinking about outdoing the neighbor. Uh, and it's so simple, professionalturf.com. That's all you do. You book 
you book the appointment for the entire summer. It's anywhere from three to four treatments, depending on what you need. And you will have the best lawn on the block all season long. They've been doing it for 40 years, Minnesota Grown. They've always been the leader in granting bragging rights to GLers. Those of us that know that dandelions and mystery weeds bare spots are completely unacceptable. These service techs, these hose draggers, they've been doing this for 20 years on all in the same routes. They know their stuff. They throw down a combination of environmentally friendly weed killer and slow-release long-term fertilizers, and they get it done. And all you have to do is uh, you can do it one of two ways. Go to professionalturf.com, log on, do it there, or what I like to do because I'm old, uh, I get the phone number, and then I call the staff and I talk to them. Uh, Oh, and by the way, when you're on that website, I want you to take a look at their landscape projects because, boy, oh, boy, you wouldn't believe what they did for my backyard. It was awesome. And they'll also service your irrigation system, too. Stop in, give them a call, log in, whatever it is you do. It's professionalturf.com. As I look at the melting snow, a thought just occurred to me. Birds? I bet this is the first time since I was in high school that I've stayed in Minnesota the entire winter. Oh, wow. Uh, really? Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the same could be said about my mom. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. And I have this damn COVID to thank for that. When was the last time you were on an airplane? <sighs> 13 months ago. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, Pat just noted that yeah. that was the first time he'd been on it. He went Sunday. It's the first time he'd been on an airplane in one year. Yep. Wow. I and I don't miss uh, flying, obviously. I, 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 but I miss where the airplane can take you. <laughs> yeah. When do you get that second shot? That's got to be coming up here pretty soon. Friday, I get the second shot. Okay. And where and are you I have, I have Saturday? Some, <laughs> I have some trepidation. I don't want to get sick, but apparently, if you do get sick, it's not long lived. And it's a good sign from what I've heard from nurses. If you get a little feverish or lightheaded or dizzy or whatever, that's a good sign. That means it's doing its job. Well, that's what worried Pat because nothing happened. (laughs) It's the saying, what did he say? His immune system saying, come on in. Come on in. Come on in. We don't care. Come on in. We're old. Yeah, I will say uh, the view from Fort Myers on the old TV is pretty nice. I'd get on an airplane tomorrow if I could. Oh, there's nothing I like better than driving across that causeway to Sanibel and just looking at the water. Yeah, Mm -mm, mm -mm, it is pretty. mm. It is pretty. Say, uh, only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Mpumalanga, South Africa, from our friend Tom Lyman. I'm going to help you with a little history lesson. Do you know why we're all here in Minnesota? Because uh, Noah took two male and female yep. of every species and made a boat and uh, landed on Mount Ararat. You're incorrect, sir. What is it? On this day in 1855, the legislature decided to send an immigration commissioner to New York. Beginning in June, Eugene Bernand of St. Paul represented the territory of Minnesota in Manhattan, where he encouraged immigrants to make Minnesota their new home. Huh. Well, that's, that's Isn't racist. that something? 
Isn't that That's something? That's as racist as it comes. Terrible well, racist. I'm sure he was a white guy. I, did, you know, I don't know. Yeah. And on this day in 1990, uh, what's today? March 3rd. You know who had a you know who had a big part of settling Minnesota and the Dakotas? Bob President Hope. President Grant. Oh. And uh, the railroads. Mm-hmm. Anyway, thank you. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> On this day in 1990, a team led by Will Steger of Ely completed a 3,800 mile international trans Antarctica expedition, the first dog sled traverse of the continent by its widest distance. And then he, then he retired and became a professional crank. And brought uh, blocks of ice to the fair and threw them down at his feet and said, "Watch that ice melt. That's global warming." Thanks, Will. Thanks, buddy. That's very helpful. It's August twenty third. It was August twenty third. It's about ninety eight and humid. <laughs> what? What was the date of his trip? When? When was that? In March of 90, 1990. On this, that, this was the date wait. he completed the trip. That might have been when he was on that trip, and I was working with a guy and. I would occasionally play Will Steger on the phone. Yeah. We've got Will Steger on the phone. He's uh, standing outside of a 7-Eleven on the Arctic Circle. And, uh, and of course, I'd go on the air and say all sorts of ludicrous things. You know, uh, we're using our paperback novels as toilet paper and, you know, this, that, and the other. And his mom called the radio station <laughs> and said... Uh, I don't think my son has access to any phones. There's no 7 Eleven. I'm serious. <laughs> she didn't get I'm the serious. Wow. Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, nothing <laughs> beat the day. He brought me a block of ice, man. That really opened my eyes. Whoa. I was there that yeah. day. Yeah. That was hysterical. It really was. Why was I he said, Will, Will, it's August. What do you think's going to happen to it? The thing is, I have so much respect for him what, for what he's done outdoors. Joe, he is a badass. I know. He goes, he goes into the Boundary Waters every spring alone for spring breakup. He's out there the most dangerous time of the year, living like a mountain man. I mean, he is the real deal. Well, that doesn't make him any less of a fruitcake. He's got to pay the bills somehow. Doesn't he sell mucklucks or something? Moccasins or some damn thing? He's got a a school, a college, a class, something going on. He's he's convinced the earth is going to end because we're we're ruining the earth. It's it's paying the bills. Why did you have him on? What was the occasion? Was he promoting a book or something? Oh, I God, Will Will went through a period of pretty relative stardom for his explorations and his adventures, yeah, and and uh, and he was uh, really heavily involved in the whole global warming hysteria. So we had him on at the fair, and he, honest to God, brought a block of ice and dumped it in the lawn, and, and then, said, "Watch uh, what happens to that." The spinoff to the Will Steger uh, show is the Ann Bancroft show. She was, mm-hmm. I think, she was initially part of his crew. And then she branched out on her own, and she was also a big deal, Chris. Well, and she and a gal, didn't they do Right. the, yep. uh, wait a minute, Will did the Antarctic? I don't know. That's the South. He, I think they've done, I think both of them have been on both poles. I think so, too. I think so, too. But they're both badasses, but, you know, yeah, you got to yeah. pay the bills somehow, so well, it's, Anne it's did, global Anne is, warming. Anne has never had a bill-paying problem, believe me. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, she comes from a very well-to-do outfit. I think mm-hmm. oh. more more oh. power to her. More power to her. Uh, thank you, GLers. Hey, thank you. Don't forget, GLers. All 
through the month of March, you can win a Garage Logic t-shirt just simply by listening with the PodMN app. Download it on your Apple and Android device today. Also, please subscribe to Garage Logic on YouTube. You can help us uh, by searching Garage Logic on our YouTube or just find our channel at garagelogic.com and you can also see all of the links to our various social media platforms. We'll catch you tomorrow, brah.